Welcome everybody to the Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man who's really gotten into gene splicing lately, Jacob. Why, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who might want to start emailing his resume. Welcome, Drew. Are you firing me? <laughs> I don't know. Can you edit a podcast? <laughs> it's a line from the movie. I know. It's just that's why I was like, well, let's see. I'm the one who owns the computer. <laughs> I own the microphones. How are you going to continue this podcast if you fire me? <laughs> no, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, how are you doing the, this morning, Jacob? Uh, I'm doing fairly well. Doing fairly well. Work was kind of very frustrating. Um, by the way, ever since it's coming on Saturday, happy for the July weekend, everyone. Indeed. And what better way to celebrate the 4th of July with looking at a man, a man try to blow up the United States in a smiley face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it fails miserably. With a government satellite. So see? Fireworks! <laughs> exactly. It, it all ties together Slowly somewhat. but surely. Slowly but surely. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, my, week's, my week has been pretty good. Uh, the day we were recording. Uh, work was kind of... Mer, you want to tear your hair out? Because certain you know, yeah. things that are going and be like, there's this and this. And I really don't like it when we sell, you know, three. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all of when we have bulk water sales and watermelon sales. Because everybody wants one. And so then you have to go over and pick up three packs of water. And then someone wants a very large melon, which is in the very bottom of the bin. So you got to lean over, pick this huge thing up, and try not to drop it. You know, I saw a picture on the internet today of something very interesting. Okay. Cooking a chicken inside of a watermelon. Okay, I've never heard of that. From what I see from the picture, you hollowed yeah. out the watermelon. I assume you save the meat to eat later. That part of the meat to eat, the watermelon's meat to eat later. Yeah. And then you put the chicken in there, and you put that in the oven. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a beer can and a chicken. Or a kind of, sort of. My thought was, if you get a big enough watermelon, you could have a, a water duckin'. Oh, yeah. A chicken, inside a duck, inside a turkey, inside a watermelon. <laughs> water duckin'. Water duckin'. <laughs> I don't know if you can get a watermelon that big, uh, but... Big melon. Yeah, if you get the one that... Well, that's the problem. You get you start getting the fruit a big enough size, it doesn't taste good anymore. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, so how was your week? Oh, my week has been interesting. Okay. Uh, slow week still. The uh, it's been a slow week just simply because one of our machines is down. Oh no! Uh, we are actually having to send some of our jobs out to get done somewhere else. But oh, okay, it's not the end of the world. No. And the the copier I was dealing with that was that died on me Friday is back up and working today, thankfully. But other than that, it's been an interesting. Uh, we, we had we the two of us had an interesting weekend when we were over at our friend's house playing a Star Trek role playing game. Yes, <laughs> I got a, elf, a, a a Vulcan a princess addicted to video games. Yes, <laughs> surprise, surprise on that. Yes, <laughs> and it was at Kingdom Hearts. It yeah. was Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. 
which is an excellent game to start anybody on. Yes, Super Mario World's an excellent game. Yeah, that was that was very fun because I've had very I mean like, I know a lot about you know role play games, Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, because I have a lot of friends, um, a lot of friends, family that are gamers. Yeah, and they want be like Jacob. You got to play. You got to play. Now you can say I have played. I know what it's like. Yeah. Of course, it was a starship and not the middle of uh, Winterfell or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's very interesting. Definitely when you play the Helmsman and all you say is, okay. Yeah, I keep issuing. Here, pushing, here, let's go. It's like, okay, here, go. We'll stop. Hey, okay, you had go. a lot of nice rolls. You were able to keep up with that Nausicaan Raider very well. Yes. So at least you did something. Yes. Unlike the week before. Yeah. <laughs> the time before well, we played. Well, there, there again. They're going to be like, roleplay is something you have to get into. If you're not familiar with it as much, mm-hmm. it, it takes a little bit of time to get into. And I think as children, we all did roleplay in a way. Yeah. We we, we just we, didn't roll, play, use dice to do Yeah, exactly. We just pretended we were a character. Unless, unless you were making up a board game. And who didn't do that? Yeah, at least that's once. True. Yeah, speaking of just a quick throwback to yeah. last week. Yeah. Can I say how odd it is to see a Blue Scribe production being advertised by Disney? Spies in Disguise is being put out by 20th Century Fox. Oh! Which is owned by Disney. Oh, and, okay. a, and the actual Disney Twitter account did a tweet on Spies in Disguise earlier this week. Really? Yeah. I had not noticed that. Wow. It is weird. Yeah, I can imagine. Bizarre. <laughs> yes. Very weird. It's it's a very bizarre and interesting world we live in now. I wonder how long till Blue Sky finds another uh, studio to uh, another uh, studio to release through because I don't think they're owned by Fox. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I don't. don't know. Do not quote me on anything. Okay, not related to this anyway. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, um, the other day. I was at work, and I had Kuna Matata just playing in the back of my head the entire time. And I was like, you know what? I want to I wanna watch, and I know you want to go there. I know it. I was just going to do that in the background while you talked. Oh, okay. Well, it was... <laughs> work i got off work starting to work on projects and uh i just will be like well i've got i have the lion king on blu-ray dvd the diamond edition and i just put the commentary on what listen to it while working a project mm-hmm. and i went up watching it twice i listened to it i listened to the commentary and then i listened to it i watch i watch it and it's still timeless it's yeah. such a timeless film and I can't wait to review it. What else have you been watching? Uh, let's see. I finally got around to watching... I know this is not animation related, but I finally got around to watching X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. And I'm sure there's an animated character in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, just more of on a side note, be like, I really enjoyed the film because you, you got your character development. It was a good story. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the character arc in which they gave Eric Lencher Magneto was just powerful. Just, mm-hmm. inc- I enjoyed it. Um, like you got to know all, be like, you got to know all your characters. You got to know your villain and the villains be like, he was very Thanos like. Yeah. Very, there's very, a good reason for that. Yeah. He was very, <laughs> very Thanos like, I, 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 I can understand. Also dark side. Yeah. Well, from DC. Yeah, yes. Not I, that we got too dark side in the DC EU, but no, 
Not much, but yeah, it was it was a good movie, and I kept arcing back to when the movie came out that everyone was just panning it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's a terrible movie, blah, 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 blah. Can, I, can I mention something about that? I think Shoot. the reason most people have been panning the X-Men movies, especially since MCU has gotten so much so good, yeah. they don't want a separate, they haven't been wanting a separate X-Men franchise. They want it in the MCU, which I, we're I getting, agree. but at the same time, we didn't know that at the time, and now that, uh, you know, Dark Phoenix technically released after the buyout, yeah. I think that's why... And I, I I didn't get to see it before it disappeared, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's not in theaters anymore. If you weren't, if in case you didn't know, really, I didn't yeah. Know that. But I I think it they dropped it in favor of the reissue of Endgame. Oh, okay, but don't quote me on that. But I think a lot of people was like, we don't care about this. Also, ran. Let's go ahead and go back to. Let's go ahead and worry about it later. I mean, Logan is the exception because Logan was so good. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Completely agree with that. That was an amazing film. Yeah. But in terms of X Men. In general, I think everyone was just ready, has been ready since uh, Days of Future Past to just say, eh, I just put, get the Avengers in this and maybe we'll, we'll care. I was very surprised with Apocalypse that Brian Singer returned to the helm. Brian Singer is, to date, I think has only not done X-Men 3 and X-Men Origins Wolverine. I believe yeah, he's, he's, he was the director or at least the executive producer of nearly every other one of them. Yeah, he was executive producer of First Class and Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. And I think had, he had a he was essentially showrunner even if he wasn't writing or directing. Yeah. Yeah, so I just found that interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense why the movie's, you know, really good but admittedly that series was not doing good when brown singer left to go do his bad superman returns uh movie yeah and then i think people for some reason he got in trouble sometime recently because he got ousted from his bohemian rhapsody movie and they someone else finished that yeah i think so so i don't know what's going on there yeah it's it's something to do with hollywood is crazy yeah it's true but you know we're not gonna go political here yeah yeah it's 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 not worth our time. It's not worth our breath. Sometimes we might go political because the cartoon might go political. Yeah, but in all honesty, this is just this is movies. Yeah, stuff happens. There's internal politics. You know what a politic is? What's, you know the definition of politics? Okay, what's the definition? It's it comes from two words: poly, meaning many, uh-huh. ticks being blood sucking creatures. <laughs> so, very true. So very very true. Anyway, all right. So I got to watch that great film Mm -hmm. and i noticed have you noticed on youtube where they'll do these uh bumpers in between the videos mean commercials yeah commercials that they are they have got started getting greedy on if you're not on their service where they'll do two or three at a time oh yeah it's it's a pain it's it's all it's as bad as hulu was back in the day yeah hulu is still kind of bad but the point i'm getting across that what was it star wars adventure kids their animated shorts mm-hmm. are phenomenal because what they do, they do brand new animations to the original scenes with the original dialogue, and these things are phenomenal. They're so good. Okay, because I'll stop and be like, I want to watch more of this, and it's so fun. It, like, there's some scenes just like, okay, I'm be like, I'm back in my seat, I'm on the edge of my seat. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'll highly recommend anybody go check these out. If you're an adult or kid, whatever, go check these shorts out. They're amazing. Granted, they're for kids, but they're enjoyable. So, what have you been watching? I, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the reason as to why I started doing this, but 
I recently uh, signed up for a DC Unlimited, that streaming yeah. service. Okay. And I have been watching the original Teen Titans cartoon. Teen Titan. Yes. I've watched a couple episodes. Cause it, it's been a while since I've seen it, and yeah. I think I only watched a couple... I, mean, I watched a lot of the stuff, but catching it on TV, it's not in order. It's right. all that stuff. But I, now that I'm watching it in order, I'm really getting into it. It's really interesting. Yeah. I, it's... Amazing how you hear so many people complain about the comedic nature of Teen Titans Go. Uh And then you go back and watch the first couple episodes. It's like, Cyborg just got mad at Beast Boy because he lost the remote. Yeah, I I can see that point. I can see that argument. I can see that where people... But at the same time, I've not watched enough Teen Titans Go to see if if it's, you know... Oh, I agree. I I, I grant they're different tones, but at the same time, they're both comedic shows. They are. And kind of tying in with that same point, I was at a, uh, a certain chain store that shall not be named in their electronics department, and I found the entire collection of Teen Titans for like I think it was like fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was so I saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, I can buy that." When what time would I be able to watch it? <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. All I've, five seasons? Uh uh-uh. uh I have already worked. Uh, I've worked it into my number of shows I'm trying to keep up on, which yeah. includes, of course, uh, uh, Evangelion. Yeah. Because I'm certain by the time I finally catch up with that, I know what movies are going to show up in our role, in our, in our reviews. Mm-hmm. But, which will be odd, because I'll have watched the Netflix version while you'll have watched the, the original DVD, so we can, yes. just, we can moan and complain about which one is actually better, it <laughs> and it won't really matter. No. But... It's, it's all personal opinion. Uh, exactly. But yeah, I've been watching a bunch of Teen Titans. I've been watching Ava. Yeah. Uh, but also with our review tonight, I got inspired. Okay. I have on Blu-ray a number of Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies shorts. Okay. That I've been watching through the last couple days. Okay. It is I for, You forget how good those old cartoons are after a while because they are most of them are classics yeah and the fact that you just don't you can't just you know if you have television you can't just flip over and go oh look the looney tunes are on i'll just watch this for a couple minutes you can't do that anymore because they're all politically incorrect yeah oh but yeah. they're still so yeah good so good and yeah there's a couple things like okay yeah i see how that wouldn't fly in today's day and age mm-hmm at the same time, yeah, there's there's even to, even today even to this date they still won't show some of the uh, earlier ones yeah. because they were so politically incorrect, especially the ones that were released during World War II. Yes, oh my gosh, because yes. they are straight up propaganda. Yeah, I agree, they are. But, but anyway, they're so good. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Anyway, so I've been watching that, and last but not least. Not something I've been watching, but something I've been partaking in. I am, uh, as y'all know, I'm a, I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. And I like my JRPGs. Yeah, as you do. Yes. And I have been playing a JRPG MMO for the past couple years. And the expansion just came out this weekend. Ah. Final Fantasy fourteen colon, Shadowbringers. Da, 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 da. Don't you mean... Okay, that one. Yes, that one. You know how long it's been I was to play or watch Final Fantasy? A while. That will be fixed. Okay. Sometime. 
But uh, yeah, I'm in, I've been watching that. I ain't watching that. I've been playing that over the course of the last weekend. This game, the storyline in this expansion is not pulling any punches. Really? Okay, so I'm going to give you a short example of this. Okay. In this world that we've somehow managed to find our way over to for this new expansion where all the new zones are and everything, mm-hmm. they are being attacked by these giant creatures called uh, Sin Eaters. Okay. Not to get too particular on what they are, because that requires more lore than we have time to get into. Right. When when particularly strong sin eaters uh, attack you, you can get turned you can get turned into a sin eater yourself. Apparently, and most of the time it's a sh- it's a slow process, so it's it's agonizing things. Supposedly is how it works. Yeah. Apparently, though, when you get stabbed right through the back, right through your back, through and through your stomach by a really strong one, you immediately turn into what? Oh. <laughs> So I'm playing through this. I'm not expecting this to come. I've just finally caught up with my the friend I'm over here looking for. Yeah. I'm trying to say this in case there's anyone listening so I don't accidentally spoil this moment. Even no though spoilers! I'm kind of, even though I'm kind of spoiling this moment. But I go and find the person I'm looking for. They're telling me about, you know, all this mess. And uh, we meet a little boy who's obviously going to be turning soon. <laughs> so, oh, I was like, oh, you're going to go this route to pull my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Fun. And of course, the, the the giant call that only the that that's loud and everything, but of course gets the the people who are infected. They hear you know that you know those that thing yeah. shows up. That happens. All the other people are carrying those, but of course the little boy because he's close to turning, he just runs off because oh I'm supposed to be over here. Okay, like you <laughs> and you go to go save him, and all this and uh, you catch up to him, and you know he's the little boy is just standing in front of the big sin eater person it's like no oh, we gotta stop him we, we gotta at least save him so you know he, he he's so uh you know we can we can kill him ourselves before he turns that's kind of deal yeah i do gotcha. that that's not dark enough by itself that we're gonna kill you just before you turn yeah so that you don't become the monster but you still get to live your life out up until that point yeah you got that going yeah well you get over there and uh you're trying you're you're in the cutscene. your character's uh attacks the Sin Eater, but is not able to get in there, whatever. But you're able to distract it just long enough that the person who runs the thing is able to come up and slash, slash the thing's wing off. But she doesn't get away! Okay. <laughs> she doesn't grab the boy and run like a normal person would. No, she stands <laughs> there, says her quick little monologue, and all of a sudden, shink! <laughs> I was getting to like her! She wasn't an annoying character like some of these people are. But anyway... I hope I've explained what I'm trying to explain without spoiling anything. I apologize if I did spoil something. It's just... You got excited. Uh, Art rage. It's like, no! I liked her! (laughs) Why must the good NPCs die young? (laughs) Anyway. That's what I mean by it's not pulling any punches. And everything that's been since that point is going, okay, y'all's writing has definitely improved. Yeah. And it was good to begin with. <laughs> Man, y'all went dark with this one. <laughs> I know we're supposed to be the warrior of darkness, but this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So why don't we get into our review? All right. Let's get into a review. So if anybody's counting, this would technically be our third superhero animated movie. Yes, because first we did The Incredibles. Yes. And then we did Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. And now we've got Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I think we got a bat theme going on here. Well, Batman's easy. Yeah, that's true. Who does not like Batman, despite the fact his superpower is money? 
And brains. And brawn. And yes. And being ubiquitous with the character. With the, with the, the idea of a superhero. Yeah, that's true. He's not like Superman who... He's got all this power, barely no weakness, and you can... Yeah, you can except do you f- can't beat Batman. Yeah, you can't beat Batman, because there's some, been so many stories where you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to defeat you! And be like, oh, Nope, he's I'm, got a contingency. Yep, for everything. Yes, even this movie has contingency for the fact that, technically, he should have lost! Yeah, he should have, but, like, now again, this is a different Batman. Yes, this is, this is Bat- Terry McGinnis, from Batman. not from Batman Beyond, yes. Not Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Although Bruce Wayne is here. Yeah, he's here. He's just an old fart. Yeah, the kind of old fart you really don't want to mess with. Yeah, I can say that. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is based after the Batman Beyond television series mm-hmm. and based in the DC animated universe. Mm-hmm. The Joker is back with revenge and Gotham's newest Dark Knight needs answers as he stands alone to face Gotham's most infamous clown prince of crime this is a quote from imdb and from peter Guzmel. i might I, I might be butchering that name so i do apologize okay so in the dc animated universe we also have shows such as batman the animated series yes superman yes. the animated series uh, the adventures of batman and robin yes uh of course this one batman beyond yeah the new adventures of batman i said that new adventures of batman and robin and the new adventures of Batman. That wasn't which, on the list I saw then. Yeah, it's 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 the style of which this was he, it the Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. No, because what it was because only Bur- the Bruce. I'm not I'm not trying to fight you over no, this. No, no, it's no, just I, that I, it's not on the list I saw. I gotcha. Far as I understand, it's Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, Batman and Robin the new the new adventures of Batman. What was it? The new adventures of Batman, I believe. That's when they do the animation shift. And then you go into Justice League, Justice, Unle- Justice Unlimited, Static Shock. Uh, the uh, Zeta Project. The Zeta Project. The Zeta Project. And, of course, Batman Beyond. Yes. Chronologically, Batman Beyond is the last... Uh, it does come after everything because it's in the future. Yes. However, it is not... When Batman Beyond ends... Uh, is not the last time we see the Terry McGinnis Batman as yes. his character is is the focus of the very last episode of Justice League Unlimited, which is also the last episode of the DC Animated Universe. Yes, which I love that episode. I've seen, I actually downloaded it which, from iTunes. I love that episode. Spoiler alert, shows that Terry McGinnis is actually a clone of Batman. Man. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, surprise! surprise. Uh, <laughs> oh man, but yeah, th- okay. So, so also, just for another quick reference... Uh, this movie technically takes place between seasons two and three of Batman yeah. Beyond. Yes. As it was produced during that time. However, the past episode, the past, the, the scene that's in the past. Yes. Takes place after Justice League Unlimited, technically. Yes. I agree. I mean, how can it not? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. The, this movie itself is just an incredible. The, if, if you don't know, there is two versions of this film. Yes. There's the edited version, which... Which is what most people saw. And then you get the unedited version. Which has only ever been released on DVD as far as we can tell. Yes. Just so happens, I have to own one of those versions. And it is glorious. Of the uncovered. On the uncovered version, which is glorious. I'll admit it was good. Yeah. Huh. 
So, when it comes to this, you know, this this universe, this mm-hmm. universe, because obviously I was a very young child in the 80s. Yes. And I was a child of the 90s. So, I basically grew up watching, you know, Batman, the animated series, Superman, Batman and Robin, that kind of stuff. So, we're all kind of, a, you know, kind of, I guess, acclimated. We're acclimated mm-hmm. to what the series is about. Right. Yeah. So, we all have this familiarity with it. If you're if you're a child from the '90s, now if you're a child from the 2000s, sorry. Well, I mean, uh, Justice League Unlimited, I think, was in the early 2000s. Yes, it was. And this movie came out in 2000. Yeah, that's so, right. So uh, it's not too much too much strange. No, it's, it's just not. after uh, Justice League Unlimited went off the air, they went to they made at that point they then went into making uh, I think. The Batman was the next one. Yeah, they can start doing the Batman. The Batman, and then Batman: Brave and the Bold. Uh-huh. And then there was another Batman. And there's another, another Batman. Batman. And they do kind of continue, and then they did uh, Young Justice. Yes, which is technically in the animated style of the DCAU, but it is not in the DCAU. And not to forget a point you brought up earlier, but Teen Titans. Yes, Teen Titans is not actually in. The DCAU. Yeah. Now, there is an episode where Static Shock... An episode of Static Shock where Static goes and talks to Batman. Yeah. Says, where's Robin? And Batman says he's with the Titans. Yeah. I did look into that because I was curious. Yeah. The idea at the time was perhaps Teen Titans was in the same universe, but they essentially decided to change that. Oh, that's just sad. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, Teen uh, Teen Titans hadn't come out yet. Okay. And they went with this more anime-inspired art style for Teen Titans. Yeah. So they decided, okay, this is a different thing. Okay. Kind of a quick, kind of a very quick tangent with that because DC DC is actually coming out with a Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go movie. Yes. In which that will be interesting. That will be very interesting. Because what that is, people, is they're taking the Teen Titans from 2005 that I'm watching right now, mm-hmm. and they're taking the modern cartoon Teen Titans Go. And saying, what happens if these two people, these two groups of people team up? They have to go against each other. Yeah. Considering they all use the same voice actor. Yeah. Which is hilarious. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting movie. Despite the fact I have not watched any of Teen Titans Go. Go, I will have to at some point, but I've got to figure, that will not be after I finish regular Teen Titans. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yep. uh, Batman Beyond itself, the show that this is based on. Yes. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, it starts off with Terry McGinnis. Yeah. Finding his father dead. Yeah. And then he wants to take revenge, and that's why he sneaks into Bruce Wayne's stately manner and uh, steals the bat suit. Yes. And then his entire job is to get revenge on the Jokers, which are not the same Jokers yeah, it's, it's gang that gang. we see. Yeah, it's a gang. But the Jokers gang we see in this movie is all new characters, Yeah, if I remember correctly. And to kind of use Bruce Timm's logic when it comes to these this film, this film or the movies, it's based, I believe, 50 years into the future. It's 50 years into the future. 50 years in the future. So uh, Bruce to... Wayne is still alive along with Barbara Gordon. Yes. One assumes Dick Grayson is still alive, but he never shows up in the show. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. Although his Nightwing suit is there. Mm-hmm. And, well, not to give too much away, Tim Drake is still alive. Yes. But uh, past that, I don't think we run into any 
other characters from the old Batman show. As far as I understand, no. Right. So, the Joker gang in this one is made up of Bonk, two girls named Dee Dee, who are mm. sis, twin sisters, Woof, which is a hyena yeah. boy. I can't remember the the guy who's obviously inspired by... Uh, Christopher Walken? No, not Christopher Walken. Oh. Um, um, hold on. Scarecrow. Which, maybe that's who you meant by Christopher Walken. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> his, his, his voice is based after Christopher Walken. Yeah, but his character design is based on the Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, and, uh, um, hold on. and then Fat Clown. I don't know who Fat Clown's supposed to be. Um, but I know, I know, I know uh, that uh, the Wolf is supposed to be based off the Joker and Harley's hyena, pet hyenas. Okay. DD is supposed to be based off, the DDs are supposed to be based off, uh, are inspired by Harley. Harley. And the other, the, the Scarecrow looking dude is supposed to be based off the Scarecrow. Okay. I couldn't tell you who Bonk is supposed to be named after other than a red shirt. Because he dies quickly. <laughs> yes, he does. And then you got guy with clown mask who's fat and wearing a pink leotard. I don't understand who he's <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah, who's he supposed to represent? Who knows? Just a clown. Yeah. Just an evil, evil clown. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking of which, there's that point there at the beginning where, you know, they're trying they're stealing that stuff from Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. And Scarecrow Kid that's what I'm going to call him now. It's Kid Scarecrow. Kid Scarecrow. And Fat Clown. <laughs> I guess that's their names now. Okay. They're both wearing these gas masks so they can't get affected by the like, Joker toxin, right? Yeah. Is Fat Clown wearing a gas mask over his clown mask? Apparently. That's what it looked like. Yeah. So we're talking about the first scene they're actually seen in, right? No, no. I'm talking about uh, after, when uh, the oh, first one that Joker, when Joker reveals right. himself to Bruce Wayne. That's right. When when they break they break into Wayne Tech. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. jumped ahead a little. I did not get into. Oh, they're stealing all this computer tech, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be odd because it's not stuff they can sell quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of know it's odd when they're selling when they're stealing these giant take take home boxes from a restaurant that have <laughs> com- computer stuff in them. Who knows? Who knows what that big thing is actually <laughs> supposed to be? Because I don't. <laughs> I find it interesting once they finally do steal the one from Wayne Tech. They show the thing come together. You never see that machine ever. All because at that point it's in the giant clown silo at the at Jolly Jacks, huh. and you, then you just see the Hyperion grade um, satellite, Orbiting satellite, Orbiting satellite, and that's all you see. You never see what they actually stole and yeah. how it actually connects to anything. Yeah, it's just more like okay, like, yeah, okay, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll bite. It's an interesting story, but. Where do we get the connection to? Yeah, it's like... Except on the computer. Yeah. So, uh... I, so I already mentioned Jolly Jacks. Go ahead and hit the trivia on that one. Alright. Jolly Jack is a reference to Jack Kirby. Yes, it is. Because back in Marvel Comics, when Stanley would write... Would, uh... List the... Stanley would essentially do the listing of all the... Who the writer was, who the artist was. Yes. He always would put these, uh... Adjectives with yes. their names. And one of the ones, most of the time he used uh, King Kirby for yeah. for uh, Jack Kirby. But, but for whatever reason, he's also used Jolly Jack yeah. Kirby. So that's where that comes from. Interesting, a Marvel reference is in a DC movie, yes. but Jack Kirby did work for both companies. Yes, he did. And I, I was, I've always found it very interesting because there again, you do have Stan Lee, who, you know, sadly passed away. Yes. This, you know, this year? 
This year or last, last year? year? Last year. He, you know, he, he passed away last year. Uh, he's always been credited with the, the man who invented but, Marvel in a sense, yeah. but Jack Kirby is never really mentioned. Be like, he's mentioned Jack Kirby him. is known among, I think, the comic crowd because yes. they followed the news and all this. Yes. They know that Jack Kirby is, I mean, admittedly, the way Marvel did writing is yeah. awkward. So, in, in reality, Jack Kirby does probably deserve more writing credit than he gets. Oh, I agree. But for the most part, Jack Kirby was the artist. And yes. that's, and at least with the MCU, they have been very good at replicating that style in three-dimensional space. Yeah, they do. But, uh, of course, both Jack Kirby and Stan Lee have worked for DC. So Yes, they both have. Yeah, Stan Lee had more of a celebrity role in, like, yeah. what if Stan Lee created Superman? What would his take be on? They did that. Yeah, I know. They did a couple of those characters. And it's very much, what if, it really comes down to, what if Marvel Comics created these characters? But then DC's going to publish it, so. Because <laughs> they yeah. actually own the characters. Yes. But anyway. But, yeah, so. Okay, so, starting off this, we've got Will Friedel as Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. the current Batman. Yes. As a, uh, he, he has also played. Uh, Bumblebee in Transformers Robots in Disguise. Yes. He is Marvel's current Peter Quill in all the animated Marvel shows. That's right. He played uh, Blue Beetle in Batman Brave and the Bold. Yes. He uh, played Ron Stoppable yes. in all the King, all the Kim <laughs> Possible stuff except for the new live action movie. Yes. <laughs> and because uh, he played uh, Fang in Teen Titans, which is one of the members of the Hive. Oh, okay. They're, they're one, of the, one of the villain teams. And because I can't do an episode of this podcast without bringing up Kingdom Hearts, he played Cypher in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Also, <laughs> Which I've had another one down here later on, so. Okay. Uh, one uh, one of the, well, obviously, well, Friedel was originally known for his character in Boy Meets World. Yes. And I... the following sequel, Girl Meets World. Yes. But the character, the, the character in which I know him even more as Lion O from Thundercats. He in the 2011 Oh, he in the new version. Lion-O. Yes. I, I I think I skipped that one. Yes. I listed it. But I so wish they would have got a second season, but alas. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. But it was so good. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Kick so, yourselves a Thundercat kid. Yes. <laughs> so, also we've got Kevin Conroy as oh. Bruce Wayne. I am the, the Knight. I the am old Batman. The old Batman. And pretty much, that is what he's done yes. <laughs> for his entire career. Is Every time you go through that IMDb, it's like, okay, he's Batman. Okay, he's Batman. 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 <laughs> You're just going through, it's like, something else besides Batman. <laughs> and I did find something else besides Batman that really? caught my eye. He played a character named Steve Gilmari. In a episode, in a couple episodes of The Office, but this Office came out in 1995 and it isn't in any way related to the U.S. or U.K. versions of The Office we enjoyed in the 2000s. It is an entirely separate show. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, huh? It's just there was just another show. I'm assuming a daytime sitcom or daytime yeah. soap opera or something called The Office. Really? And he played a character in it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, be like if you if you talk to any like any fan who likes Batman, mm-hmm. be like you will most often be like who who's your favorite Batman? And most people are going to say 
Kevin Conroy. Yes, because he has been the best Batman. Yes. You can fight over who the best live-action Batman has been. Yes. And there are many different things. But you talk about Batman overall, all across all his appearances, you're going to have a hard time beating Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I agree. Because he, while he did not define the character, Yeah. Because the character was defined in the comic books, he pretty much perfected how the character has been shown. Yes. I think. I agree. And be like, not, not to say any other voice actor who has done... Or live action actor. Yeah, to say, be like, oh, there, be like, Kevin Carroy is the, he's the, the pinnacle, the, the, um, the one to inspire to, but it's mm-hmm. the one that everybody says, yes, he is Batman. Yes. In my eyes. I agree. Now, if you say George Clooney's your favorite, I have a problem. George Clooney's a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, who's playing if George. Bruce Wayne is your character. But anyone who anyone who's anyone who's ever watched Batman knows that Batman is the real identity and Bruce Wayne is the is is the uh, costume. Yes. <laughs> is the costume. Yes. It's unlike every other character. In fact, I remember seeing posted on Facebook a frame from a com- from one of the comic books where I guess it must be from like New Fifty Two or from when the most recent uh, thing where the where Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman get together. I guess they're supposed to be revealing their secret identities to each other oh, yeah. for trust yeah. and to make sure nobody's lying. Wonder Woman's got the lasso of truth, truth. and they're all hold on to it. So of course, Prince uh, Wonder Woman says Princess Diana from the mascara. Superman says uh, Clark Kent or. Uh, Cal L of Krypton. Mm-hmm. Batman says Batman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, or the the episode of Justice League where uh, what is it? They're all in, they're all hiding because something happened, and uh, the Flash is like, man, we we be like we can't uh, we like we can't give away our secret identities. Be like it'll ruin us, and then you know Batman pipes up. It's like Diana Prince. Uh, uh, come on, Barry Allen. Be like, yeah, he just basically starts naming off everybody. Like yeah, Bruce Wayne, Barry Allen. It's like, huh? <laughs> it's like, here, wear this. It's like, how does he? He's Batman. Yeah, he knows everybody. He knows everything. He knows your weakness. Yes. <laughs> so, next we have Mark Hamill, who played the Joker. <laughs> And Jordan Price. You don't remember who Jordan Price is, do you? He's the guy that uh, was supposed to take over and take over oh, Wayne yes! Enterprises. Yes, but then Batman, you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne uh, got his got the company back. I did not realize that Jordan Price was play- voiced by Mark Hamill. Yes, not and not only is he voiced by Mark Hamill. If you look at Jordan Price. He looks like what the Joker would look like if he took the makeup off. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's why you. That's why it's that's, the perfect red herring. Yes, they I went to that much that. trouble to say, "Oh, you know how animated stuff works." We're you. You think the guy who sounds like the Joker is the Joker? Joker. No. <laughs> so let, let's 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 do it. Let's do a really good villain reveal like they did in Frozen. Yes. So. Of course, Mark Hamill also was Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Uh-huh. In the upcoming The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance television show yeah. on Netflix, yeah. he is playing the scientist. Okay. That's all it was listed as, but it was like eight 
character, eight, eight episodes. Okay. Or so. Uh, in the Disney Channel show right now, uh, Milo Murphy's Law, he plays a character named Mr. Block. Yeah. He, of course, played... Uh, oh, he played the, the, the trickster. Trickster. He played the trickster in both the current Flash series yes. and the original Flash series. Yes. And, once again, because I have to... Oh, and he played a character named Megatronus in Transformers Power of the Primes. Megatronus? Okay. Yes, it was apparently a uh, oh, yeah, miniseries. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, once again... He played Master Ericus in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I couldn't not bring that up. Of course, of yes. course. But also, he also his his voice has been donned for another character that has been recently in theaters. Chucky. From That's Child's right. Play. He is the new Chucky from Child's yes. Play. And apparently, it's very Jokerish. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I still wonder if they released Child's Play the same weekend as Toy Story 4 on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised. Especially for the marketing campaign they did. Yes, oh yes. Where Chucky is killing all the Toy Story characters. characters. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, ooh, that is funny. Uh, Yeah, it's disturbing. Yes. And perfect. Yes, I agree. So, next we have Angie Harmon, Uh who played Commissioner Barbara Gordon. Yes. Who played uh, Lady Trigel on Voltron Legendary Defender, the Netflix Voltron. Okay. So need to catch up on that one. Yeah. If you're a uh, television... If you're a, a procedural television fan, she played Jane Rizzoli on Rizzoli and Isles. Uh-huh. Good series. And Abby Carmichael in Law and Order. Dun, dun. Yeah. Any comments on any of that? Uh, I really enjoyed her performance. Yeah. And it turns out she actually literally phoned it in. It wasn't. She didn't. Well, it's a short part. Yeah. It. It wasn't like. Oh, what's his? What's his face from Ghostbusters? Um, uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. It, it. It's not like Bill Murray who phoned in his lines quite a few times on most of everything. Uh, she literally and literally phoned it in for King for uh for the video game Ghostbusters Three. Yes, literally. Literally phoned it in. <laughs> yeah. Well. Angie Harmon literally had to phone it in because she was half, she was in Texas and this was recording in California, I believe. Yeah. And so they really good audio connection. Yeah. Apparently they, for they, 2000. Yeah. For 2000 or, you know, 1999, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. That must have been the early days of Skype. Yeah. So we also had uh, Dean Stockwell playing adult Tim Drake. Okay. Yeah. Who I, and I know him primarily as uh, Admiral Al. Calavici in Quantum Leap. Yes. Opposite yeah, or, of... A.K.A. The Hologram. Yeah, The Hologram. Except for the one episode where he and uh, Captain Archer is what I keep coming <laughs> behind. And that is the wrong show. Sam? Yeah, Sam. Sam. The one episode where uh, Sam and Al switch character, switch places. Oh, and okay. Al's for some reason going into somebody's body and Sam's The Hologram. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. But I remember seeing it going, that's not how this show works. But anyway. Oh. And he also played uh, John Cavill in Battlestar Galactica, the new one. Okay. Now, great. I have not seen hardly anything from Battle- Battlestar Galactica at all. I saw the original, the, the miniseries that started off the new, 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 uh, the new show, and yeah. I just couldn't get into it. I gotcha. And uh, then we have Melissa Joan Hart 
Yes. Playing the DDs. <laughs> and Sabrina I co- the Teenage Witch. From the good Sabrina the Teenage yes. Witch show. I admittedly have not watched the Netflix one, but uh, it didn't look like it was for me. No, it doesn't. And then, of course, for us early, for us 90s Nickelodeon kids, she was Clarissa, and Clarissa explains it all. Oh, okay. Show I never watched. Be like, I, I remember I've seeing parts it. of it, but it was on SNCC, and I wasn't allowed to watch SNCC, probably because it was stupid. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember why I wasn't allowed to watch SNCC, to be you. honest, but... <laughs> Uh, mostly as far as, like, it's on on Saturday nights. We're usually busy. And if you're not busy, if late enough, you should be in bed. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. That's the cast I've got. All right. Unless you got someone else you want to bring up? The one that I do want to bring up, ones you bring up, you know, obviously, would be, yeah, Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin. The voice of Harley Quinn. Then who was Tara Strong playing? I thought Tara Strong was playing, uh... No, Tara Strong was playing somebody else. Yes. She was... Was she Batgirl? Yeah, she played... Batgirl? I think... Yeah, I think she Because I know... Yeah, she played... uh, I know in in some more recent stuff, she has played Harley. Yeah. Which is what confused me. Sorry. Arlene Sorkin, who voices... Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn. The original voice of Harley Quinn. Yes. In which everybody loves to death. Uh, and then you have Tara Strong, who voices the young version of Barbara Gordon. Makes sense. Let's see. Which, interestingly enough, considering that one of the things characters Tara Strong is also known for is playing Harley Quinn, but it was after Arlene Sorkin uh, quit playing the role. Okay. After uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, that game. Okay. I think that was the last time Arlene Sorkin played the role. After that point, it was Tara Strong. Okay. So you have Michael Rosenbaum, who plays mm-hmm. Ghoul, or his full name. Apparently, Stuart Carter Winthrop III, whoever that is. And kind of an interesting trivia when it comes to Michael Rosenbaum getting the, the character of Stu. Stu? Right? Stu? What, where did I get Stu? <laughs> well, the character's name is Stuart. Yeah, Stuart. But so his, I guess that's where you got Stu. Yeah, his... his uh, like Ghoul. Ghoul. Just like Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, his... Be like where he I don't think Ghoul like, and Stuart Carter Winthrop the Third are the same person, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, that's just thank you. I in the B. I'm the I'm the But apparently, when they were recording, uh, I think it was like Justice League or Batman Beyond, because Michael Rose's mom is apparently required to do everything. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently during in between takes, he would do a. Uh, a Christopher Walken impression, which I cannot do. Yes. And so they were like, oh, this sounds perfect. And so when it came to doing this movie, it's like, okay, we'll get Michael to do his impression and he will play Ghoul. He'll Mm -hmm. play that voice. And that's where it came from. It was basically, oh, a voice actor goofing around the uh, the sweat box, as some of them might call it. And that's where the voice of Ghoul came from. Okay. And then... You know, obviously, he's gone. He was the Flash in Justice League, and he was Lex Lex Luthor in Smallville. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we got Frank Welker, yes, <laughs> as Wolf the Hyena Man and Ace the Bat Hound. And what has Frank Welker not been in? Everything. Yes, <laughs> he's he's done. To throw names we haven't thrown in there, just because I know he is the voice of Runt for, and. Um, Buttons from Animaniacs. Okay. Both dogs, of course. Of course. 
And he, somebody else. Oh, he's also uh, Ralph the Guard, I believe. Ralph T. Guard. Oh. Is the character's <laughs> name. Oh, uh, let's see. The guard that chases the Animaniacs. Oh, okay. Uh, he was... To go more... Not go mainstream. But in... Obscure? Dis- not in Disney's Latin. He was Raja. He was Abu. He was... Now you're referring to the new one, right? No, the movie. Because he so, he's that in the new one, too. Yeah. He, he so he reprised his role yeah, he, he of, the, of the tiger and the monkey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and probably you can name almost any project Frank Warcraft. Yes. Yet also, he was Megatron from Transformers. Exactly. And yet, Michael Bay didn't hire him to redo Megatron. How stupid is he? Sorry, that's beside the point. But he did come back for, I think it was like Rise, Rise of the Fall. He was like the last couple Megatrons when they showed up, but he was not the original. I mean, they did get uh, Agent Smith. I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name eludes me. The Red Skull. Yes. And anyway, he, he you know who I'm talking yeah. about. I do remember he did. Cut, they did bring him back to do the voice of Soundwave in the second film because it sounded exactly like Soundwave. And then when they did Soundwave again, it wasn't somebody else, uh, of course. But but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So uh, Henry Rollins played Bonk, and then uh, Rachel Lee Cook played uh, Chelsea Cunningham, which is uh, I believe that's. Terry's girlfriend? No, it's that's a uh, Dana's that's best. That's Dana's Dana. best friend. Dana's best friend. Dana's best friend. And the main thing I know Rachel Lee Cook from is she's the voice of Tifa Lockhart in Final Fantasy VII: Advent Children, yes! and of course Kingdom Hearts, Hearts Two. <laughs> of course, because if I can get that another Kingdom Hearts reference, then I'm going to. Yep. Uh, Lauren Tom played Dana, oh, his okay. girlfriend. Okay, let's see. Uh, Go ahead. And the interesting one, uh, Andrea Romano is credited as Laughing Boy, which was a very nice way of saying the part where Tim Drake is Little Joker and he's laughing. Yeah. He is, she is, she is doing those laughs. Yes. I I read that just recently. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And, and then Bruce Tim has a uh, cameo as a guard. Of course. So, I think that's, he's, he's, he's the, almost the first voice heard. That makes sense. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? Bam! You should have said heel. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the movie was directed by Kurt Gadden? I believe that's how you say that. Kurt Gadden. Uh, this movie came out in 2000. In 2000, yes. Yeah, it came out in 2000. It was produced during the production of second and third season, which was tough for them to do because they were already yeah. working on third season when this came up. Yes. Which is why Bruce Tim and Paul Dini uh, were producing, but uh, and pa- well, Paul Dini still wrote the screenplay. Yes. But Bruce Tim did not direct. He was he did not have time because he was working on the show. Yeah, that's why also you see a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the uh, key animations were actually done in Japan. Mm-hmm. Well, it was done by... Uh, TMS Entertainment, which yes. has a lot of animes. In fact, mm-hmm. I think they've already—I think they were involved with uh, the girl who left through time. Yes. Okay. And, and this was the first time a DC animated universe production, yeah, used uh, digitally painted backgrounds. Yes, because originally they did them all hand painted. Yes, and 
I think that was actually a good choice in this instance. I agree. Because as much as I love film, film and animation don't age well for whatever reason. Yeah, no, it's... Unfortunately. No, yeah. So, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on some of these? Uh, on the What are your thoughts on the movie? What are my thoughts on the movie? Let's see, when I kind of go back to like when you first saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. When, when I first saw the movie, this thing was jaw-dropping. I think I saw it on Cartoon Network. And the I cleaned put, up version for Cartoon yeah, Network. The cleaned up version, obviously. And I was like, wow, why is this not in theaters? And just... Because Mask of the Phantasm did so badly. Yeah. That's, that's what, when you get right down to it, that's why. It's because neither that or Batman versus Sub-Zero, I think that was the yeah, other one. Yeah, Sub-Zero, Batman versus. Uh, I think it was Batman versus Sub-Zero. Not that Batman versus Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero is a character from Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Yeah. Uh, Batman versus Mr. Freeze. Freeze. Yes. I think that was the one. Yes. Uh, In my defense, he <laughs> was still a cold guy. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I, when I first saw it, I uh, first saw it on Cartoon Network, and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And... I went to Hastings, you know, I went to Hastings uh, close, to where I, close to where I live, and I found it, and just so happened to pick up the unrated version mm-hmm. and the edited version. And I've enjoyed it so much that I've watched it each and every year. There you go. Yeah. And the first time I watched this movie was the first time we tried to do this episode. Oh, yeah! That's right! <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who are unaware, and I think we've brought this up... Um, this episode, the the previous episode, yeah. and one other episode that's upcoming, uh, we are having to re-record. Yes, but the first time we the first time we saw I saw this for the review, I remember thinking, okay, this is a very dark movie for what I remember. Yeah, of both Batman Beyond and the DCAU movie as a whole, because of course I my first one was the uncut version that we yeah. were reviewing. Uh, I have since gone back. I haven't watched the edited version yet. Yeah. I'm going to oh, at some it's... point just because, just for curiosity's sake. Yeah. But uh, from what I understand, the edited version, most of the times that people are shot. Yeah. Are dead. Is, <laughs> shot dead, yes. Yeah. Is Joker gas. Yeah. Which, with the exception of maybe the one where the Joker dies, spoiler alert, yeah. at the... Uh, in the in the when they're in the past when in the when they're in the, in the when flashback in the flashback thank you flashback should mean something different in the DC universe but that's beside the point <laughs> but in the the except for that scene I think it makes a lot of sense for most of these things to actually be Joker gas yeah but at the same time I understand the impact we get with this yes uh, one thing I found interesting okay. just to bring this up yeah the first time we watched this and. There's a scene where, after there's a scene where Bruce Wayne get and Ace get attacked by Joker himself. Yeah, you don't actually get to see the Joker attack them. You just get to see the Joker stand menacingly over Bruce Wayne, and then the next scene, Terry is there and turns him over, and he's obviously been attacked by Joker. Guess because the creepiest scene in the entire thing. Yes, a smiling Bruce Wayne. Yes, now, greets you. And yes. It's like, Okay, that is disturbing. <laughs> yeah, to kind of back that scene up, be like, uh, Terry arrives at the uh, at Wayne Manor, yeah. 
in the exact same way he rolled up on his father's death. Yes. And he goes down, and he finds Ace, he goes down to the Batcave, mm-hmm. and all you see is this red ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Yes. And Which in like, the edited version, it was yellow. It was purple, actually. Purple? Sorry. Purple. I thought I thought I read yellow. I still haven't watched it, so I can't really say. Yeah, it's purple. Because uh, I've watched... I, I've, I've seen both. I've seen both, and the unedited is much more superior. Mm-hmm. And so... For those who are curious, but like, so what is the real difference? Because there's so much, because it's been so heavily edited, and obviously now most of the version you're going to get is the edited version. Yes. So if you want a good comparison, go to go to YouTube and look up Watchtower Database Batman Beyond Return of the Joker mm-hmm. unedited versus edited comparison. Which and brings me to my to the point I was heading towards. Okay. After that scene, and we find out Bruce is going to be fine, um, Terry goes up to check on Ace. Oh, yeah. Ace is sitting there watching a old Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. <laughs> when I looked at that cartoon, I thought, okay, this is an odd choice. Yeah, it was. Because if you're not... If you're going to show a... A dog watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. There's a hundred Bugs Bunny cartoons you could pick. Yeah. And I'm sure there's another one with a dog in it. Yeah, but they chose... But they chose this this one. one. So I was curious. Okay. I looked up which Looney Tunes cartoon it is, which, for for reference, it is uh, a Mary Melody's cartoon called Hair Ribbon, Mm -hmm. which, for those who are curious, the only difference between Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's is, in most cases, budget, unless it's a Looney Tunes cartoon that it in a re-release got upgraded to Merry Melodies because it was so popular. Okay. For future reference. Gotcha. This particular cartoon, Hair Ribbon, is distinctive for itself being heavily censored (laughs) in its theatrical release. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that in and of itself is a odd coincidence. Yes. But why don't I just look this up? Okay. Why don't I just watch this and see... What is this particular cartoon about? Taken by itself, this is not really that odd or strange Looney Tunes cartoon, or Merry Melodies in this case. In fact, it's really subpar in terms of quality, in my opinion. There's some weird editing choices. Just in watching, I knew there were some weird editing choices. Yeah. Not counting what got edited out for what they censored, because the only version I could find to watch originally, was the one on Amazon, which is the censored version. Okay. And all it is is this dog, of course, trying to find a rabbit to eat for lunch. Mm-hmm. Comes across bugs. Bugs torments him. Of course. At some point, they end up at the bottom of a lake, but they're both breathing normally because yeah. cartoons. Dude. And after some back and forth, this uh, Bugs Bunny says... Uh, or the dog says, you know, all this chasing around is getting me hungry. And Bugs Bunny says, what are you hungry for? And of course, it's obvious what the dog is hungry for. <laughs> but the, the dog says, a rabbit sandwich. Oh, if that's your case. And then, he, of course, Bugs Bunny throws, goes over to the side, dragging the sky, and says, and says, oh, if you want a rabbit sandwich. And he does this French accent. I'm not doing a good French accent. He <laughs> says, oh, I'll get you a rabbit sandwich. So he, he of course, puts the bed around the dog. Like you do. Yeah. Moves his head off, so he says, Hey, I've got the one of me on bread. Lily says it that way. This is not a good French accent. Okay. He says, Oh, we don't have any rabbit? Oh, I'm sorry, monsieur. We don't have any rabbit, but 
I will go and personally get you one. So he runs off stage and comes back out wearing a hunter's cap and carrying a rifle, walks around and literally turns around to the dog and says, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Uh, it's like, there's a meta joke. <laughs> just a bit. And just keeps going around and says, and the dog looks at the screen and goes, ah, he's hunting wabbits. Ah, uh, wabbits. <laughs> and of course, catches says, enough fooling around, I'm going to have rabbits. And, and then Bugs Bunny says, okay, sure, fine. So he pulls out, Bugs Bunny pulls out this two, two slices of bread with lettuce. Of course. Gets in between them. And in the edited version, this is where the edit, the real good, the big, the after, the, the stuff they did secondary starts. Bugs Bunny kind of turns to the screen in an obvious cutaway, because it's not even the same background. <laughs> it's different art style and everything, but yeah. it's so quick, surely the kids won't notice. Not the kids, but anyway. You see Bugs Bunny kind of lifts the bread up enough that you can see that Bugs Bunny is kind of curled up in the up half, so he yeah. can't get bit. The dog bites into the sandwich, and of course, Bugs Bunny acting screams out like he's dead. And then the scene in the episode, Sorry. and the movie starts. It's like, oh, I've killed the rabbit. I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to live. And then Bugs Bunny, of course, comes back to life and just says, oh, you mean it? And then, of course, that's when Terry McGinnis changes the channel yes. in the movie. However,. This is the exact moment in which the big edit changes. In the edited version, Bugs Bunny hands a gun to the dog. The dog puts it to his head and pulls the trigger, committing suicide. (laughs) Which we do not condone condone at all. If you have have those thoughts, please go to a professional. And then, of course, the dog falls over. Bugs Bunny plants a lily in his hand, dances off screen. The dog rises up and says, as as the iris is coming in at the end of the cartoon, stops and says, this should not happen to a dog. And then let's go. And the iris closes on his snout and he goes, ow! <laughs> and then the merry melodies. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Yeah. In the original version, which you can only see on the Laserdisc Golden Collection and the DVD Golden Collection. I think yeah. it's Volume 5. Wow. It's the only places you can legally find it. They did not even release this on the Blu-rays. Yeah. Instead of uh, him handing the gun to the dog, yeah. Bugs Bunny pulls the gun out and shoots him in the face. What? Right in the mouth. <laughs> I saw this part on YouTube. Right in the muzzle. Fair enough. And then the rest of the thing ends, as I said before. Yeah. And, of course, all these edits where, obviously, they reanimated stuff yeah. to have changed it. Are all different art style, done quickly and very cheaply. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where it's like, you can note it out because the background goes from green to blue. And then back to green when you get back to the rest of the episode. Huh. It's like, okay. It's not a good one, to be honest. Yeah. But it is does carry a distinction of being one of the only Looney Tunes cartoons with two endings. Because those cartoons were made on the cheap. Yeah. But here's the other thing. Along with, of course, the whole death thing and being shot in the mouth in the in the in the that version yeah. versus considering in the uncut version, like the Joker getting shooting and getting shot himself yeah. in the uncut version, but getting gassed in the cut in the in the in the yes. theatric in the regular cut censored version. That part is interesting, even though I'm fairly certain it's coincidence. Well, don't you mean Bonk who gets gassed? Bonk gets well. 
acid joker shoot, shoots and gets shot. Yeah. Because okay. Joker shot multiple people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. But, yeah, it is, it is bonk. He shoots him in the beginning. He gets shot in the beginning. Yes. But, I also noticed a couple other weird things. Okay. Such as, it being Bugs Bunny. Of course, Bugs Bunny is in disguises. Of course. To hide from the dog. Well, who else is in disguise throughout this entire movie? The Joker. Exactly. Who's the one who shoots the dog in the cut ver- in the uncut version? Bugs. Who shot Bonk in the uncut version of Batman? The Joker. The Joker <laughs> is Bugs Bunny. <laughs> At least, so I'm sure they did not mean this at all, but yeah. there are connections. Parallels. Like, <laughs> did y'all just pick this because there was a dog in it? Or did y'all actually do your dead level best to give a hint as to how the movie's going to end? Yeah. <laughs> and I think they just picked it because there was a dog in it, But to well, be honest. but Well, you're right. You're completely right. You're completely right, Billy. It's, oh, it's a dog bugs money. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. When they edited it together, when they were doing the final cut of it, they ran this scene. They were like, oh, this is not a good idea because this dog's be like, I don't deserve I wish I was dead. dead. I wish I was dead. Oh, you mean it? Let's check the news. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and the fact that they cut it right there, right <laughs> where the change is in the cartoon. I mean, literally. The millisecond. That's impressed. By the way, good work on that research. That is incredible. I was just curious enough. Yeah. It's like, this is an odd choice to even throw a cartoon in here. Yeah. Of an entirely different art style because it's 40s. Yeah. In something that's... It, it, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. And of course, that's what got me into watching Looney Tunes the rest of the week. So... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because I believe it was uh, Paul Dini had said, and it's like, when they saw it, I was like, oh no... Be like, we've got to change it, but we can't change it. We can't change it. We're too far in the process. How hard is it to re-edit a <laughs> screen? It's not like they animated yeah, the, it was, the Bugs Bunny episode. It, in there. it was just a composite. How hard is that to do? Did you not notice it until you were in the multi uh until you were sending it out to people? I guess so. <laughs> but it was that was a change you could have made up until you started producing the VHS. You could have made that change at any time because it was direct to video. Yeah. And I think it was shown on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And yeah, because uh, and it would have had, I think it was shown on Kids WB because yeah. it was released as part of season three of Batman Beyond. But I just wonder how you, they didn't catch this sooner. Yeah. But the parallels you just mentioned are yeah, uncanny. Yeah. Wow. It is messed up, is what it yeah, is. I, admit, I can I can totally understand that. The only thing that would have made it better is that for somehow, some part of this movie took place underwater. For 30 minutes. <laughs> well, it, there, there's a part of the movie that takes place on the water. Yes, but they don't go into the water. They just get blown up from the giant laser beam blowing up the ship. Yeah, that's true. Well, they do get wet. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Now that oh. I've chased literally that rabbit trail. <laughs> yes. A very good rabbit trail, by the way. Oh, gosh. Oh. The Joker. The Joker in this movie mm-hmm. is so 
sinister. A Joker you've never seen before. Because it's literally, they, they took the design of Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs and made him the Joker. Mm-hmm. And but like, even Mark Hamill, you know, doing the recordings, be like, I really don't like it. Because he's more the, it's, he's more serious and he, his laugh's different. He's, like, it's not he's like Joker. Not, he's not actually the Joker. And my, the way yes. I look at it, yes. the Joker literally died in the flashback scene. Yes. There, no part of him actually survived. And I will say that because I still say the Joker's final line in the DCAU is, that's not funny. That's, that's not, not funny at all. The Joker that we see in the future is programmed DNA. Yeah. That is essentially following what the Joker might have done, but it's not actually... It's it's like the difference between two twins. Yeah. They might be just the same... They have the exact same DNA, but they're entirely different, different people. Yeah. That does make sense. That's that, how I that, look at it. That does make that sense. That is... While it is called Return of the Joker, it is an entirely different Joker. Joker. Still voiced by Mark Hamill. Yes. Besides, it's not like we don't get the real Joker in the flashbacks, so... Yeah, that's true. Oh. Which is really almost as disturbing as the Joker throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, but... just a bit. Just now, a bit. I did find one other interesting thing in that okay. flashback that okay. I wanted to quote on. At the end of the movie, yeah, and the SSS uh, reflect back, we see that the DD's grandmother, who bails them out of jail, yes. is Harley Quinn. Is Nana Harley. Nana Harley, at a much older age, of course. Yet, in the flashback, we see Harley Quinn fall down a long chasm. Yeah. Which would seemingly be to her death. Yes. How did she survive? Well, I I have an answer. I'm just curious what your answer is. My answer would be... Now, granted, I did a little research on this. Sure. Uh, And uh, you might have come up with the same thing I did. Possibly. Apparently, there's an episode... Yeah. There's an episode... I can't remember where it was, like, Batman... Harley and Ivy. Yeah, Harley and Ivy. Because she ejects... Harley with some kind of serum, which gives her strength and durability. It, it's a, some kind of toxic antidote that increased her stamina and allowed her to survive falls. Mm-hmm. Like she su- survived in the flashback of the film. Yes. That type of continuity in a 90s show yeah. is spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the, the, Har- the po- Harley and Ivy is like 94. Yeah. 93 or 94 is when that episode came mm-hmm. out. And they remembered it in 2000. Or at least they seemingly remembered it in 2000. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, oh, we just want this funny scene where the Dee Dee's are Harley's granddaughters. Yeah. Well, there's there's an interesting... Going back to that a little bit more, filling out that, filling out that arc a little bit more, where apparently in Batman Beyond, you actually see the Harley Quinn suit. Yeah. Well, and if I remember correctly, the the character we learn is Nana Harley in this yeah. one. She was a regular background character really? in Batman Beyond. I want to say, okay, because this is kind of a generic design, like yeah. you would see in the background of the yeah. shot. So it'd be more like she's always been there in the yeah. background. That would be interesting. Which means there is an entire story where Harley fell down that chasm. Got up, left, learned Mr. J was dead, mm-hmm. and turned her life around. Had a kid with someone else, because from what I read, it's, that kid is neither related to uh, 
uh, Joker or um, somehow Poison Ivy, because that came up in the list I read. Yeah. I think technically they had a relationship, but yeah. they didn't explicitly have a relationship. Yeah. Uh, so she had a kid with somebody else. Yeah. That person had twin daughters, daughters. Yeah. who followed unintentionally her in their grandmother's footsteps. I also heard... I That's also, an interesting thing I want to find out about. Yeah, there, there was also another theory that uh, ever since uh, Tim Drake, our new... Robin, yeah, he's been around too this entire time. Yeah, he's been around the entire time. But there is a theory that technically the DE twins would be uh, Tim Drake's children. They're not related to Tim Drake either. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. This is some weird theory because they were saying, like, oh, ever since Harley and Joker adopted, you know, their twisted version of Tim Drake. That's so where that, they're making the claim that... Yeah. Yeah, except there's nothing in this movie that says the DDs are related to Tim or Tim's wife. Yeah. Who we see. Yes. And have a kid that's about the same age as uh, uh, Terry's younger brother. Yeah. Don't look at I it. know. Just it was. I it think was, it, it was a theory I read, and I was like, okay, that makes zero sense. But okay, I'll throw it out there. There are theories all over the place. Yes, I don't believe I believe in that one. <laughs> okay, so to go back to another scene, yes, which is like most amazing scene because when we go back to the flashback of be like where Terry is asking Commissioner Gordon after the the scene we described earlier mm-hmm. of Terry finding Bruce. And Bruce is recovering, so he goes to Barbara and asks me, like, i got to know. So she, she describes the flashback scene. Yes. There's a parallel between this scene and the the end of fight scene between Joker and... Uh, the Batman. The Batman. Whichever Batman we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about the flashback scene... The flashback Batman versus the Terry, the Batman Beyond. Yes, that one. There, there are so many parallels between that conversation mm-hmm. of... Where the Joker is literally taunting Batman. Be like, oh, right. I know this. I know this about you. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, I did, I did all these terrible, despicable, horrible things to your kid. You can't do a thing about it. Now, but the difference is the difference between Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis. Yes. Like it's like, like Terry says in there, uh, Bruce Wayne wouldn't know a good joke if it bit him in, in the, the cape. cape. Not that you ever told a good joke. Yes. It's like, throw, uh, pull your pants down, make a funny Please. face, do something, but these moldy jokes you're telling are not cutting it. And that's like exactly what he says. Yeah, but. I've, I've got the quote here. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hold on. You've probably got the entire speech. I do. Which is glorious. I do. Hold on. I've got, hold on, let me go back, because I've got both of them, actually. Ah, here we go. All right. So, uh, this... Bill, I've got the two quotes. They kind of, they run parallel. Yeah. Because it's the Joker taunting Batman, and then it's uh, Terry McGinnis taunting Joker. Mm-hmm. So here's how this banter goes. This is Joker. Would you say that's banter banter? It's banter banter. It's like our friend's podcast. Yeah. Our first shout out to another podcast. Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so if you want be like, you want to hear some guys banter about stuff, yeah, go check sure. them out. Yeah. So, here's our quote. <laughs> this is from the Joker. It's kind of like a kid who sneaks a, sneaks a peek at his at his Christmas present. I must admit, sadly anticlimactic. 
After all, behind all the stern and batterings, you're just a little boy in a place suit crying for mommy and daddy. It's... It's it, it, it'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. Oh, what the heck? I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> and so we get to... The Joker gets his one-uppets. Mm-hmm. Because he's going against not his Batman. Right. He's going against a kid who's kind of a smart aleck. Well, he asks Batman, do you have any advice for me to fight these guys? And Batman says... Stay focused. He'll try to get into your brain because he likes to talk. And, that, and Terry says, wait a minute. I, I like to talk. talk. <laughs> and so here's that line. Oh, I don't need a degree to figure you out. The real reason you kept coming back because you you never got a laugh at the old man. Get a clue, clowny. He's got no sense. He has no sense of humor. He, he wouldn't know a good joke if you bit him in the cape. Not that he ever had any good jokes. I mean, Joy Buzzers, squirting, squirting flowers, lame. Where's where's the aid material? Make a face, drop your face, something. Drop your pants. Drop your pants. Not okay. drop your face. <laughs> drop your face. That's a whole different ballgame. That, that's New 52 Joker? Yes. <laughs> but, alright. Sorry, so, go ahead. All right. I'll make a face, out. drop your pants, something. You make me laugh. But only because... Only because I think you're kind of pathetic. So, you fell in a tank of acid, got your skin bleached, then you decided to become a supervillain. What? You couldn't make, you you couldn't get work as, you couldn't get work as a rodeo clown? It's just, it's that parallel. Yes. It's, I thought it was perfect when I, when I realized it, it was like, oh my gosh, they'd be like, the Joker's getting worn up by Batman for yeah. once. Or if my favorite part is when Joker says, uh, you laugh one more time, and Batman just jumps, stops right in front of him and goes, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then punches him in the face, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so like, this, this movie is so much fun. Mm-hmm. So much fun. And, and then, of course, the reason the Joker has been able to do this this whole time yeah. is because when he was experimenting on Tim Drake, yes. he implanted a DNA microchip thing into his brain. Yeah. Which allowed him allowed this chip to take over from time to time and yes. bring this personality out in Tim Drake, which obviously was still there from when he got turned into mini Joker in the first place. Yeah. The quote the quote the Joker in this one be like it's almost like a timeshare. Yes. Be like, you know, put I implanted here in bird and bird boy's bird brain. And which I, I love yes. his, his his evil monologue of how be like you never figured it out, be like, because I did this and this and this. Like any, you know, goofy I'm, villain, great villain would explain his monologue. Yes. Any last words? Yeah. Sick of them. <laughs> oh, I, I'd be like that when the, the, the first the first time like, yes. he gets the buzzer. It's like, ow, ow not ace. Yes. This dog's already been hurt once. Be like, but just in time, he, he's able to get a hold of that buzzer again at the very end. And he slaps it on the back of Joker's neck where the chip is. Oh, yeah, that And was shorts brilliant. that out. It's like, that's how you do it. That's the brilliant way to do it. Uh-huh. But yeah, I have to say, going, looking at that entire scene, yeah. the creepiest part of that whole thing 
is seeing Tim Drake turn into the Joker. And it is a literal transformation. Uh And it moves from Dean Stockwell's voice to Mark Hamill seamlessly. Yes. You don't even... There's not a point in there. And there obviously has to be a point where it switches over because you don't hear one on top of the other. Yes. But you can't... You can't easily tell from the mix where that point is. Yeah. Where it moves from Dean Stockwell oh, to Mark Hamill. It's so good. It's it's the creepiest transition you ever see. Yes. Because you get Tim Drake talking about it, and then you start to realize, oh, this and, isn't Tim Drake anymore. And, t- and then Dean Stockwell does his best Joker laugh, yes. and it merges into Mark Hamill's iconic, mm-hmm. or slightly modified iconic Joker laugh. Yes. And it's seamless. Yes. Oh, what wow. was it? Yeah, Sorry. hold on. There was the, uh, oh yeah, the 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 line in which gives away the Joker's transformation. Be like, there's nothing about you I don't know. No, bat fake, because <laughs> that's what he's been calling uh, Terry this whole time is bat fake. Oh yeah, and then you have the uh, there's there's other lines in there that kind of you know hint at be like yes. this something else is like old nasty memories twisting inside me and like bad oysters. Yes, and what's there like the, the directors were like. What? Where did you get that from? It's like, oh, some line I heard from years ago. It's like, just threw it in there. Yes. And it works because it's so subtle. When I first mm-hmm. saw it, I was like, huh? Huh? But, oh, crap! <laughs> but here's the thing. The first time I watched this, not knowing the mystery. Yes. Who actually was uh, the, Joker. the Joker. I fell for the red herring. Yes, because I'm watching that, and I th- and even though I did not realize this at the time, yeah, I said I did, I did as well. Yeah, I was listening, going, well, it's obviously the guy who's trying to take over Wayne Enterprises. That makes the most sense. Yeah, and I did, of course, I didn't even recognize the first time they showed Tim Drake that that's even who that was supposed to be. I just thought, oh, that's just some old man. Okay, because they didn't. Because the only, first time you see it is when he's watching the news report of the Joker. Yeah, we, we first get yeah. our first glimpse of him. Which, Drake. obviously, okay, this old guy knows something. Yeah, and then he goes talks with he Barbara. He goes talks with Barbara, so it's like, okay, this old guy's important, but I don't know. He just, this guy looks nothing, obviously, like the Joker. Yeah. So I honestly kind of wrote him off. And when they said, okay, that's Tim Drake, and you go and see him at the communication satellite out in the middle of what I'm assuming is the Mojave Desert, or wherever. Where is the desert around New York City? There isn't one. <laughs> I know. Not yet. <laughs> it's probably in California. You never know. Okay, yeah. He went to California very quickly and then came back, back. to Gotham City. Which is in New York. And which is New York City, obviously. Well, if you actually look on a map, Metropolis and uh Gotham City and New York City are all right there. Yeah. Basically the Bronx got the X. <laughs> well, essentially Delaware and New Jersey. Are all part of New York City now. Apparently. <laughs> the New York it's, City metropolitan area. There again. The big rotten apple. Yeah. <laughs> there again. Comics. Comics, yes. It's what hap- that's what happens when you get three different characters from three different versions of New York City and you say, oh yeah, this is all in the same universe. Yeah. How? Although, admittedly, I think in an old episode of Batman the Animated Series, there was a shot that actually showed Metropolis was in Florida. Weird, which is never referenced again. Also, did you notice the mistake in this movie? Hmm. Enlighten me. Enlighten you? Okay. 
Where is Stately Wayne Manor? Uh, it's like on the coast. Which coast? All right, that's a good question. I don't know. Traditionally, and this is uh, Stately Wayne Manor is always shown on the ocean ocean coast, not yeah. the river. Yeah, that the rest of Gotham is centered. Oh, yeah, on. that's right. But and, and also, it is there's nothing around it. it is quote unquote out in the country, or Bruce Wayne owns enough land that it, the the mansion is in essentially the country. Yeah, but. <laughs> When the Joker is showing where he's targeting yeah. and points out stately Wayne Manor it is in the middle of the city, in the middle of 30 blocks, <laughs> on I, the river. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, never realized that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got that one wrong, Joker. You don't know where stately Wayne Manor actually is. Your GPS lied to you. <laughs> well, How did you get there and attack Bruce Wayne in the first place if you don't even know where it is? Well, there again, it was 2000 GPS. 2050, because it's 50 years oh, after yeah, that's 2000. Right. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it's not like the far-flung future of 2005. <laughs> like we had a couple... Like we had back in Transformers, where it's yes. like, okay... This is the bad technology future, because the Autobots showed up. Yeah. <laughs> it completely ruined our advances in, tar- in, ma- in mapping technology. Uh, okay, so... Along with that kind of piece of trivia, that was very good because I didn't realize that. I didn't. Also, re- I have to point out the fact that, of course, Joker did draw that up like a smiley face. Yes. Which at this point in DC, I have to say, is a Watchmen reference because it probably was. It could have been because of uh, the comedian. Yes. Who is obviously supposed to be the Joker? Yes. <laughs> but a hero. Oh. Okay. Moving on. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the there. Another kind of key point in this movie where Tim, not Tim, but um, Terry. Terry is more, he's trying to be like, why, why am I Batman? Why am mm-hmm. I Batman? When uh, Bruce asks for the, the Batsuit back, yes. it's more, be like, I'm trying to atone for my sins. Well, be I like think my- a part of that scene is that there's always the chance that the movie is going to be the first version of the cartoon that someone's going to see. Yeah. There's been two seasons of continuity. Mm-hmm. That scene, obviously, there's lines in there that's going, okay, yeah, you're summarizing what yeah. happened. Yeah. Because you atoned for your father's death, and you upheld the Batman's legacy. I can't appreciate it. I, I can't ask any more of you than that. It's like, yeah. Just spoil the last two seasons, why yeah, don't like, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're Tim. Tim. I keep saying Tim. Terry. Terry. Terry is more like... I'm, it's like one of our biggest say is that be like I'm I want to make my my life worth something worthwhile or something mm-hmm. like that, and then you know Bruce, you know she's like you guys are all the same. Be like you never you never, you never understood you never yeah. will. And he runs but at off. the same time, Bruce is always the one that's fighting all the quote unquote mistakes in his life. He's yeah. always he always every single one of those deaths that he dealt with mm-hmm. from his parents. To the Joker, yeah. right down to it. Yeah, he takes as his own fault. Yes, despite the fact he had virtually nothing to do with any of these deaths. Yeah, so he takes what happens to Tim. I think very much as his fault, which is why, from what I read, Bruce Tim says that after Joker's death, 
not only, along with breaking it off with Barbara and anybody, any other Robin he could have pulled out of thin air. Yeah. He also breaks away from the Justice League. Yeah. And doesn't do anything more with them. Why we don't see any show of them in Batman Beyond in any way, shape, or form. Because, hey, Superman's probably still around. He doesn't really age much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he should have showed up at some point, but that's beside the point. Mm. That would have been a cool cameo. Yeah. But. Yeah, the, the idea that Bruce Wayne is always, he always kind of. He sh- always takes it personally. Yeah, and he, he pushes people away. Mm-hmm. He's pu- he's always and, pushed people away. And admittedly, while, well, if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the show, beginning of Batman Beyond, Bruce is still not really wanting to let Terry do do all this. Yeah, he's very hesitant. Very hesitant. And by the movie, he's gotten over that a lot, because they're obviously working together. Yeah. They're, you know, all that, you know, there's a connection there to the point where, okay, now he, and, and the fact that, the Joker has shown back up. Yes. Be it a the real Joker or an imposter. His mistakes were just thrown back in his face. Or what yes. he perceives as his mistakes. Yes. It makes perfect sense to me why it's like, okay, I don't want you getting involved. Give me the suit back. You're at least, as far as I can, as far as we know, that's going to make you safe. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't, have, have, it doesn't help that Tim Drake Joker... Knows everything, so of course yeah. everyone gets. He attacks everybody. Yeah, and I think that that culminates that culminates at the end of the movie with a line which Bruce says, and he's talking. He's talking to I want to say Tim again, but it's it's Terry. Terry. He's talking with Terry that I was thinking about something you said, and you were wrong. It's not. It's not Batman that makes you worthwhile. It's the other way around. Never tell yourself anything different. And the. My favorite scene in the whole thing because yeah. it shows Bruce Wayne's growth. Okay. End of the movie, Terry is visiting Tim Drake in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Terry's leaving. As he walks out the door, Bruce is right there. And t- Tim Terry says, oh, now I'm doing it. Terry says, what are you doing here? It's like, this, uh, I'm doing what I should have done a long time Come ago. Come ago. This is where I this should, is where be, I should be. be. It's like, Okay. You're finally growing. Yes. <laughs> because you abandoned Tim and Barbara for that yeah. matter. And that's why none of them like you <laughs> right now. Because you abandoned them. You threw them away in essence while yeah. you went and hid in your bat cave. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact they could have come back at any time. But yeah. and apparently he was able to save their costumes somehow. So he could put in their showcase for yeah. Tim Drake to destroy the Robin costume mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Oh. And also, why do you have wax statues of all your villains in your Batcave? <laughs> and how much money did you lose when you chopped wax Two-Face's head, head off? Especially since... Harvey, I mean, uh... Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Especially since Harvey Dent was your best friend. And you cut his head off. <laughs> It's a wax version of him, but still, I'm I'm cutting my villain's head off. I'm not actually cutting. He my cut head. the the batarang <laughs> goes through Harvey's side before the monster's side. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> I know that's a stupid thing to look at, no, but it, it, also it that was sense. one that was one of the things cut out in the censored version. Yes, he just shows him throw the batarang and then catching it. Doesn't show it cutting off Two Face's head. <laughs> oh. I mean, I understand why all the trophies are in the Batcave. Yeah. The big dinosaur. The big big dinosaur. The big penny. 
which are uh, remnants of the, which were in the Batcave. The reason they're in the Batcave in the show is because they were in the Batcave in the comics when the show came out. Yes. Those particular elements are from Batman's earliest adventures in like the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, why would a 90s era villain be, use a giant penny? Yeah. <laughs> or a T, uh, the T-Rex you can make work. But yeah. a giant penny? What could you use that for? <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, I think the, the sum this movie up in a nutshell. There's a lot of pain in this movie. Yes, there's there, a lot of pain. And, and there's a lot of growth in this pain. In this yes. Movie. And I think that's what they were going for with the uncut version. Yes. Because they do not hold much back there i think there's still a couple parts in the quote-unquote uncut version yeah that must have not been in the original script yeah that they did not animate because they realized oh we're not going to be able to use this other version of yeah so they they they, it got written out of the animation before it was an issue yeah but uh because there are still some things like well that looks not it looks like it could have gone a different way okay so, to kind of, you know, bounce off your point, bounce off your point, the idea when this movie was in production, it was 1999. Mm-hmm. What was a huge... Well, Columbine. Happened. Columbine. Happened. That was 90% of the reason why they changed it. Yeah. was because of Columbine. Especially when you consider Tim Drake is a kid shooting the Joker. Yeah. It's I don't just... care how messed up he was at that point in time... That wasn't going to fly on television. Yeah, definitely. Wouldn't but be. I would also say it wouldn't have flown on television in the before that either. Yeah, that's true. To kind of give our audience a little more, uh, like, what are we talking about, Columbine? Because I guarantee there probably might be some younger audience that says, "What's Columbine?" Well, Columbine was a shooting at Columbine High School in 1999, mm-hmm. which I believe it was like uh, 15 people were killed, not including yeah. the two shooters. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge, significant uh, event in the late. 20th century into the 21st century. And so that's why, be like, when that happened, and you have the events of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, there were so many edits. Yes. There were so many edits to it. But thankfully, enough of those scenes were completed that they were able to release an uncut version. Yes. But they have yet to release that uncut version since the DVD. Yes. Which is disappointing. But at the same time... I understand it. Yeah. Apparently there's also a deleted scene which wasn't fully rendered, but apparently it's a, it's all in, it's all in a, uh, storyboards. Yeah. It's all storyboards. It's a storyboard scene where Bruce Wayne goes back to, um, uh, he goes back to Ar- Arkham. He goes back to Arkham Asylum and he's just walking around. He doesn't realize that Tim, not Terry, Terry, Terry is following him. Mm-hmm. And so he comes across the, the the corpse of the Joker. Well, his grave says, is still supposed to be there. Yeah, he's supposed to still be there because they buried him. Mm-hmm. And so he he finds the body hanging from the rafters with a uh, with a sign on his chest with the sign on his chest says "I know," and that's all the scene is. I am kind of glad that's not there because it hides the fact that this is not the real Joker somehow for yeah. much later. Yeah, I agree. Because it keeps the mystery going. It's like, well, if this isn't the real Joker, what is this Joker? Yes. And honestly, having the corpse of the Joker, admittedly by that time, would have to be pretty 
decomposed. Yeah, pretty gross. Hanging from, I'm, and I'm assuming, cross style. Yeah. Because that's how they would do it, I think. And really, I haven't seen the storyboards. Saying I know is like, that's a little more gruesome than I think yeah. needed to be there. I mean, a lot of the uncut version that we that is in there makes sense why it's that way. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, I think if you'd have done that, if they'd have put that scene in there, that would have been a little too much. Yeah, just a bit. And apparently, there was another scene which there's no evidence, evidence no, there, whatsoever. Yeah. Of apparently Tim Drake, Tim Drake's character as young Robin, apparently he shoots someone and kills somebody. Uh, yeah, I, that's one of those like. I can see when they were in the pre-planning stages of the yeah. movie. It says, since this is a made-for-TV movie, it's not a not made-for-TV, but straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go all out. Do stuff we couldn't do in the show. Right. But would be good for the story. And then Columbine happened. Uh-huh. Warner Brothers producer says, hey, we've sunk all this money in there. Can we show this on TV? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we may need to make some changes. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully it was far enough along that they could make changes. Yes. But Mine is taking out a certain scene of a, rat, of a dog killing a rabbit. The dog doesn't kill the rabbit. Bugs Bunny is in the sandwich, the sandwich <laughs> pretending to be dead, and the dog is going, I wish I were dead! <laughs> Why didn't you edit that? And then, I have no idea. And then... Cuts right before the, right before either the dog committing suicide or Bugs Bunny shooting him in the mouth. Literally the second before, like literally the next frame yes. is is the cut mm-hmm. to the edit. In in if you go and watch the one on Amazon, too funny. The next, literally at that point, all we're watching, hearing is the audio of the episode. Yeah, because by the time Terry changes the channel and we see the TV again, it's already on the news. Right. But it's timed to where it's like, oh, you, it's, it's timed enough that I swear it's on purpose. Anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. Yeah, anyways. So. So, uh, we come to the end of another episode. I think we have. So we need to rate this movie. Yes. The uncut version of this movie is not family friendly. No, it's not. Let's definitely be honest with that right here and right now. Yeah, definitely would not recommend that to uh, like a like a family now. Now, from uh, like, I, young adults, yes. yes. Kids, no. Now, from what I understand, having not watched the cut, ver- the edited version yet, yeah, it is more for kids. I mean, keep yes, in mind, the uncut is. version is PG thirteen. Yes, I don't know what the cut version is. Yeah, the, technically, that's it's the first uh, DC animated movie that is PG thirteen. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the cut version, which I haven't seen, my understanding is better, but you have seen it. Is yes. it more family-friendly? Oh, yeah. It's much more family-friendly. Okay, so you could could kids watch that one? Yes, I agree. Okay. Yeah. So so if you be like, if you are interested in this movie and you have kids who love Batman, uh, definitely show them the edited version of this film. Good idea. Yeah, good idea. And then maybe when they're older, you can show them the Assuming you can find the unedited version yes. later on. Yeah. Because I have a feeling they may not have saved the unedited version in a high-definition format. But luckily enough, you can, still buy, it, you can buy it on Amazon. Because I've checked. For now. For now. So if you want it, buy it now. 
It's it, not that expensive. If you have somehow found our con concast, if you have somehow found our pot podcasts in the future and are just looking for a good one, you may have a harder time finding the unedited version now that DVDs and Blu-rays and all physical media have disappeared from the face of the earth and everything is being beamed into our brains. <laughs> in the year 2050. Yeah. If you're watching this the year the movie takes place, you're SOL. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, what is your rating for this movie? My rating for this film is going to be... Keep in mind, since it's been three months since we actually recorded yes. an episode, yes. <laughs> we use a ten a 20-point scale using .5 in, between 1 and 10. Yes. So, I is this a zero? Is this a ten? Is it somewhere in the middle? <laughs> in the middle of it all. No. Me uh, in the middle. Me that old Georgia pine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd probably give a solid eight. Okay. Solid eight. Uh, not to say that's there again. It's not a bad rating. It's mm-hmm. a very high compliment to a film. Yes. Uh, if I was to give a movie a two or a one or a zero, yeah. That's, We're far away from that. Yeah, very far. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually get around to watching films like that. Yeah. <laughs> April but, comes around twice a year. Yes. Maybe. Twice maybe. a year. <laughs> <laughs> maybe twice a year. Well, there's only one April. Or is there a fall April? I don't know. I'm just making, I'm being facetious now. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will give it a solid eight. Okay. What's yours? Uh, I would actually give it a 7.5. Okay. The reason for mine being a little lower than yours is, uh, there seems, I can, it's a good story. Yeah. And it's a very good movie, and I like that it does, it, the uncut version doesn't pull any punches. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's some little animation things that bug me. Got it. And I didn't bring it up, so I'm bringing it up now. Okay. The two scenes that take place in the club. Mm-hmm. The way they show the lights shining down on the characters, changing colors and all yeah. that. All they did was, and you can tell this is what they did, they did a monochrome version of the character and then just did one color pass over the character. Mm. This bugged me the first time I watched it, but the second time I realized that effect by itself was not the problem Okay, I had with it. It was the fact that the main characters in the scene would be one color and the background characters would all be another color and it didn't matter where they were standing in the scene. Okay, I never noticed that. It's a weird spot. and But the, but the weird thing is, the col- when the colors change, they all change at the same time, but they're not the same color. So the back... The, quote-unquote, extras would all be lit in green, and the main characters would be red. And then they change in blue and purple and back and forth. And you could tell which characters were going to be involved in the fight because they were the color the people in the fight were, not the background (laughs) color, or which ones were going to interact. Right. It's like, no, don't do that. (laughs) I recognize y'all were in a hurry, but if you could time the color changes that exactly, use the same color. (laughs) I know I, that's nitpicky, but is <laughs> seeing that went. Oh, I know what they did. I even know the animation technique they use. There's multi-layer problems here, <laughs> and I'm sorry. The way that shows, they all should be changing color at the same time because it's not like 
you know how you go into places they have some of the lights are red, some of the, and it's all yeah. moving back and forth. That's not what they're showing. They're showing all the lights changing at the same time, unless you're a main character <laughs> and you're important to the scene. Then you get your own color. What kind of messed up nitpicky DJ <laughs> is going to that much trouble? And does he have different parties who are their own main characters for their own little stories in their own colors? It doesn't show. It annoys me. I, I would why. be. I would be fine. It's either A, make them all the same color, or B, obviously show that different groups are under different lights and have them be different colors themselves. That's one of those two things, and I wouldn't care. And understanding your profession, yeah, I could see why. It's one of those things that I look at and go, that could have been handled better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I understand completely why you're... you're, But that's the only reason I bring it down to .5. Okay, gotcha. Alright. So... That brings us to the end of another episode. Yes, it does. Which would normally mean we would have to roll for our next movie. But yes. there are two reasons we will not be rolling this week. Yes. The first is, we already know what the next movie we rolled is because of the reek record. Second is, we've decided to delay that episode one week so that we can record an episode on The Lion King, King. for next week. Since the live action movie is coming out later this month. Is it the 17th? Uh, yeah, it goes on So this Friday. this literally would release the Saturday before the episode comes. The, yes. the, the new movie comes yes. out. Okay. So, that's the plan. Yes. And after that, just so everyone knows, we'll be reviewing Big Hero 6. Six. Mm-hmm. Because, and that was my movie. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky and rolled it. Or, you know, you rolled it. Mm-hmm. Because this one was yours. So... For anyone who's, for some reason, keeping up a wiki, I'm guessing. I don't know. That's what happened. We're not lying. We are being honest. If you don't trust me, I still have the original audio with all the audio problems, and I'll let you hear it. (laughs) If you want to. If you want to. If someone's going to fight me over this, I will provide proof. (laughs) Besides, how do you know? Sorry. How do you know what movie we said it rolled? There's not a camera in here showing the number four. You have to take our word for it anyway. Yeah. So. Anyways. So, where can they find you, Drew? They can find me on Facebook under Drew Dodgen. Very soon, probably within the next week, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I am going to have a Facebook page uh, with uh, with a bunch of my pictures on it. I haven't decided on a name yet, so unfortunately you'll have to wait for the next episode to find out what I'm calling it. But if you're following me, I should have a link on there to this page when it goes up. Yeah, to let our audience know, Drew is a photographer, and so when he as to for pictures, he's referring to photographs. Yes, I am a amateur photographer, bordering on semi-professional. Yeah, I've seen some of his stuff; it's really good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Not a problem. So, where else, where else can we find you? Uh, that's really the only two places right now. I was post. I was promoting my letterbox before, but. I've given up on that. I don't think I've got the time. Okay. So, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook mm-hmm. at Jacob B. Heron. And also, included on Facebook, you can find my personal art page, which is Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I do a lot of art. I draw a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, and so, if you're interested in following just an artist's progression to where they were two years ago to where they're now, People seem to like it. 
So if, if you're you want to follow very me, good, well, don't thank you. don't count yourself short. Well, thank you. I saw a picture you were working on this evening that I don't want to say what it is, just yes. in case that person listens. I don't know if they yeah. do. But uh, I think that person will very much appreciate that, that you're doing it. It looks really good. Well, thank you. Despite the fact that it's obviously not uh, in the final stages yet. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, you can find us on our Facebook group mm-hmm. called Cellcast. It is a closed Facebook group. It's just, That's just to keep the robots out. Because we know how, from this movie, we know how technology will really mess you up. Yeah, if, just if, a uh, bit. If it gets involved. Yeah, if it gets gene sliced, we're all kinds of messed up. Yes. So we're trying to keep the robots out, so keep that down. Uh, you can also email us at thecellcastpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Keep in mind, every time you hear us say the cellcast, that is with a single Whoa. L. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Google Play. <laughs> Sorry. You can also find us there. Um, you can find us on Google Play. Uh, and please rate and review our, uh, any, all our episodes, our, all our episodes, our show on, on these platforms. And if you could email us, let us know you've posted review there because I forget to check. (laughs) I'll be honest. I forget to check. Also, uh, if you have a suggestion for a movie for us to review, Mm -hmm. uh, to put on our list of possibilities, Either email that to us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com or leave it in this episode's post on Facebook, Mm -hmm. which I just realized I forgot to post the last one on Facebook and mark as an announcement. I need to do that when I get home. I was a little distracted Saturday. (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) So, um, uh, you got anything else Uh, that I've missed? Not that I know of. Okay, well, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. But I'll get you next time. Well, Doctor, I might have a little problem with that. Bruh. Reggie, bruh, what's going on? Bruh. Things might be a little different at <laughs> Ooh, I never get tired of that. Let's play! Run, Scooby! Run! Right! Run! Next time on The Cellcast. Hyenas. I hate hyenas. So what's your plan for getting past those guys? Live bait. Good idea. Hey. Come on, Timon. You guys have to create a diversion. What do you want me to do? Dress a dragon do the hula? <laughs> oh, wow! If you're hungry for a hunk of fat and juicy meat, ain't my buddy Popo here because he has a treat. Coming down a dine, on a spacey swine, all you have to do is get in line. Ah, you ain't gonna... Yup, yup, yup. Oh, some bacon. Yup, yup, yup. He's a big pig. Yup, yup. You can be a big pig, too. Hey! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>